It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, it is another edition. Of this week in fantasy, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there as we dive into it. So, as always, I'd like to welcome in my guy on this Thanksgiving Day edition, a week 12 edition of this week in fantasy. I'd like to welcome in the co-owner over at footballguys.com. You can hear him eight days a week with Cecil Lammy on the Audible and, of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. My man, Mr. Sigmund Bloom, what is up, brother? I'm just enjoying the holiday, uh, football, overeating, family, friends, uh, and I'm thankful. I think we're both thankful, should be, to live in this time where we get to call it a job to prattle on about football and other things and what would we have done if we were alive like 200 years ago it's <laughs> a great question i wonder that all i think about that kind of stuff all the time there's only so How, many town criers you know? yeah i'm very ill-equipped to have lived 200 years ago yeah. my wife always says you'd be so dead 200 yeah. years ago yeah i think so so I'm, I'm with you man this is definitely a time of year to sit back and 
be incredibly grateful that we have the opportunity to do what we do. And, and for all the people out there listening, uh, we, we, we are uh, incredibly grateful for every single one of you. And, th- and that's why we try and help out every week, or at least Sigmund does, and I hang out with him. So um, as usual, we will dive in. We go through every single game on the week 12. I still can't get over the fact that it is week 12 already, the week 12 slate as we creep incredibly close to the fantasy playoffs. We'll be talking about that soon enough. But Sigmund, let's start up and later. A fun little flip around we'll yeah. go inside my mind, which is always a, a treat for everybody but me. Uh, all right, Sigmund, let's uh, let's dive in. We have three games on Thanksgiving Day here. Um, the first one, uh, an interesting one. All of a sudden, a little bit of a curveball as the Bears head in to take on the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. And we're going to be seeing Chase Daniel at the helm. We know Chase Daniel well in Philadelphia. Not a huge fan, personally, Sigmund, but uh, um, how big a deal is that for this one, and and how are you evaluating this game from a fantasy perspective? Well, let's just say that this game and the second game will slow down our heart rate from Monday night. Which we all, which we all need. And the tri- oh, which is a good point. Those and, are the and the two teams on by this week, so yeah. people are going to need help. There's a lot of fantasy relevant players on the Chiefs yes. and the Rams. Yes, so this is going to slow us down, like the gravy in our veins. Um, so Chase Daniel, you know, will take the scheme to the field like an assistant coach, but he's not going to threaten the defense downfield. Uh, you got Allen Robinson probably locked up with Darius Slay. You know, the, these teams met just a couple weeks ago, and Robinson and um, uh, Anthony Miller went off, but I wouldn't expect that. Really, I don't know if there's anybody you're going to play from the Bears side in this game because Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard will split the work. Jordan Howard's matchup gets a lot worse with Damon Harrison now in a Lions uniform. Um, with Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel, they can break some big plays after the catch, but what's their usage going to be? So I, I, Trey Burton maybe as you know, kind of the short range, high percentage target. Maybe nobody gets a boost from Chase Daniel, but maybe he doesn't get hurt that much but with the Bears defense they can play this close to the best on the Detroit side you've got Kenny Galladay of course who showed he grew up before our very eyes last week and and then maybe Theo Riddick and PPR leagues if you're digging deep for a PPR running back because he's probably going to be the number two target with Marvin Jones out with carry on Johnson out and I'm just glad that Zach Zenner is back. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, we glad. all are sick. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the Bears, an important game for them as they take control of the NFC North with that win last week. But without Mitchell Trubisky now, you know, this is one that they're going to have to rely on the defense to carry them. Yeah, it's a shame. I think it uh, would have been a lot more fun on Thanksgiving Day to have Trubisky out there. and um, But it could make it a closer game, as you kind of alluded to. So it should be an interesting one to see. Theoretic, really interesting call there as well with carry on. Johnson out, as you mentioned. All right, Sigmund. Um, it's sad to say this game for first place in the NFC. Yeah. I, I hate this game. I don't know who to root for. I don't want to root for anybody. I just want I want it to be an awful game where everyone what? leaves with their their uh, everything. They're like, oh, my God, we suck at football so much. We never want to play again. That's the outcome I want, Sigmund. But for people who are playing fantasy players, what do you do with this yeah, one? That's the 20. 20- the 2018 NFC East. We suck at football so much we never want to play again. <laughs> it's so true. That's basically but, uh, the division. And yeah, everyone becomes Cowboy fans. Uh, oh, I think God. It's so gross. Because See, here's then- the thing, though. It's a good question because I'm kind of torn. Because I get it that Washington's a game up. But at the same time, they also just lost Alex Smith. So I really don't know if I consider them as big a threat as Dallas. Again, I hate this game, Sigmund. 
Yeah, I understand. From a fantasy perspective, <laughs> you kind of hate it. From a fantasy the perspective, the sympathy and empathy in your voice there was, well, was very because, real. Well, I appreciate I get it. it. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's just a position that nobody expected to be in uh, as far as Philadelphia. Um, and so you have the Cowboys trying to pull Ethan. Obviously, he plays Ezekiel Elliott, but the last time these teams played, Elliott was totally shut down. Uh, maybe Amari Cooper, he'll see some. Josh Norman, and you can really see that it's the tactical value of uh, Mari Cooper more than the production that is helping this team. Dak Prescott, you know, looking for that golf, Mahomes streamer cover uh, four out of the last five weeks or three out of the last four, he scored a rushing touchdown. So he, you could do worse, but this is going to be much like the first game we're going to watch a game of field position, a game that may turn on a turnover or a miscue. And on the Washington side, Colt McCoy, Chase Daniel, it's going to be like watching the same quarterback, you know, very safe. <laughs> it is. And it's a great the call. Offense, he may execute the offense better than Alex Smith, to be honest. His decision making and really understand the concepts of the plays and how the plays are designed. Uh, he should be fine there. He should be good with Jordan Reed. He threw basically to Jordan Reed and Josh Dawson when he came in last week. I don't know if I play Josh Dawson, my lock get locked up by Byron Jones, but Jordan Reed looks like a good play this week. Adrian Peterson, you know he's gonna get those twenty plus touches. So he's a running back too, but the one with a low ceiling against a, a tough Dallas front seven. So yeah, these first two games are not going to be uh, scoring fests on Thanksgiving. What did we do to deserve Chase Daniel and Colt McCoy on Thanksgiving Day, Sigmund? What did we do? Um, luckily, luckily the night game should be a fun one, a ton of fantasy relevance in this one as the Atlanta Falcons head on to take on a team I'm not very happy with right now either, but damn, they're good, Sigmund New Orleans Saints. Uh, is this a start everybody type game? It is, although we're not really sure whether Traquan Smith is going to be one of those everybody's. Um, in against Atlanta, of course, you're looking at running backs. I mean, you might have the number one and number two running backs of the week right here. Of course, Drew Brees may be the number one quarterback of the week. And uh, otherwise, you know, Michael Thomas, of course, also is going to dominate as he has been. Uh, and then on Atlanta side, the interesting side here is – the last two games, we thought Philadelphia, Cincinnati, these teams are going to put up some yards and points playing catch-up. But the Saints have gotten so far ahead that they basically demoralized their opponent. And mm. now, in these NFC South matchups, sometimes you can throw the records and so on out the window. These teams played an overtime game, 43-37. That was a very different Saints team when they played earlier this year. And the Atlanta offense doesn't look like one of the elite or good NFL offenses right now. So I think you play Matt Ryan, maybe. I mean, he's around number 10 in my rankings, but he's got that wide range of outcomes where if you played Carson Wentz and Andy Dalton the last two weeks, you were smartened for it. It did not help your lineup at all. might have been the reason that you lost. You're going to play Julio Jones. You know that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be on him. Last time they played, Calvin Ridley had three touchdowns. Now, they did trade for Eli Apple since then, the Saints did. So Ridley, if you're going to be inclined to play someone else in this offense, it'd be Ridley. And if you think that Matt Ryan's going to struggle, then it might be Austin Hooper. Because in those games that Ryan have struggled, we've often seen Hooper catch seven, nine balls and uh, be that short outlet that when Ryan, who does get flustered by pressure, uh, doesn't like what he sees downfield, he dumps it off to him. Trevin Coleman, not a good matchup here against New Orleans run defense. And the way the Saints, there is such a thing as peaking too early in the NFL, and they are peaking right now. And the way that things have been going, this might also be a game, and we're all going to be falling asleep early on Thanksgiving night, and we might not miss much. Yeah, we might not, Sigmund. I watched it firsthand. This Saints team can pull away, and they can pull away quick. 
Um, good point about peaking too early potentially, but right now I, I think if I had to put my money on someone to win the Super Bowl right now, it would certainly be the New Orleans Saints. All right, Sigmund, let's move on to the Sunday slate. And I got to tell you, Sigmund, yeah. one of the uglier yeah. slates we've had all year. I mean, you like it. The whole game of the day phrase might right. not apply because I don't even know if there is one, but there is fantasy relevant action here, obviously. So let's dive into that. Maybe not in this first one, though, Sigmund. Doesn't get much uglier from a fantasy perspective than the woeful Jacksonville Jaguars heading in to take on the even more woeful Buffalo Bills. Is there anything you could pull out of this one other than obviously Leonard Fournette, who you're playing? If right. You're the defenses and maybe LaShawn McCoy on volume may there may punt on third down in this game to get their better units on the field. And Jacksonville's defense really bounced back last week. So we'll watch this Jacksonville defense to see if it's one that we should steer clear of uh, or lower expectations. Josh Allen will be back. Uh, you know, watch to see. This is all evaluation mode for next year, basically, for these two teams. So and you never know when you're going to that random Buffalo game when they show up and the defense plays well and the crowd feeds off of it. But yeah, we turn the page pretty quickly here. Another one we might turn the page pretty quickly on here too. Uh, this one surprised me. We don't talk a ton about lines on this show though. It does have value for fantasy, obviously, especially over-unders and all those types of numbers to get a feel for for what kind of scoring could occur. But one of the more surprising lines of the week for me is the Bengals only, at least last I looked, a three-point home favorite against the Browns. Um, interesting one here, Sigmund. What do you think about this one? Yeah, with A.J. Green on track to play uh, and the, the messed up playoff picture in the AFC, four or five teams, maybe none of them worthy except for the Colts right now battling for the sixth spot. And the Bengals absolutely one of those teams. So if A.J. Green's back, even though we have Sammy Watkins to warn us about playing these players coming in with these foot-toe issues, uh, you still are going to play A.J. Green, which then open things up more for Joe Mixon, open things up more for Tyler Boyd, make uh, Andy Dalton a better coverage by quarterback for uh, Goff or Mahomes. On the Cleveland side, Ooh, Nick Chubb. And this is a Cleveland team that is missing two starting linebackers, and the one they have, Vontae's perfect, can be a liability at times. And he's not healthy, I don't think. So this is a massive Nick Chubb game for your DFS lineups. And then you have Baker Mayfield playing better. Freddie Kitchens is doing a better job calling plays. But what that means is everybody's getting involved. You, Jarvis Landry is not a, someone that the offense has to pass offense has to lean on. Neither is David Njoku. You're getting Rashad Higgins involved. You're getting Antonio Callaway involved. Duke Johnson, who may be the second-best fantasy commodity in this offense now with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. And again, these Cincinnati linebackers, you think that Duke Johnson can do some work there. So, you know, the last game that had any kind of ebb and flow like that uh, Rams-Chiefs game was a Bengals-Browns game from like 10 years ago. So I don't know if this one's going to get into the 50s. But, <laughs> but, you know, reason for offensive optimism on both sides of the ball. I love that. I'm guessing it won't get into the 50s. Maybe total it'll get into the 50s, but um, yeah, I'm with you. Nick Chubb has been uh, has been a lot of fun. All right, Sigmund, uh, similar uh, uh, level of uh, fun game to watch in terms of, of competitiveness, but um, interesting one nonetheless from a fantasy perspective as the Patriots coming off a bye week and really have not been hitting on all cylinders offensively outside of that game against Kansas City. A month plus ago, whatever it was, Um, heading into New York to take on the woeful Jets. I guess the whole AFC East coming off a bye here. What do you think about this one? Isn't it just like the Patriots that right after we lose faith or question them, that's when they come back and do 
something. They just blitzkrieg. Always, Simon. For the and last the, 15 years, yeah, that's been the case. It, they always have an AFC East opponent to get well against. And the, how many segment? How many? How many are the Patriots done stories have we seen over the past? Well, you, know, you could 10 even years. recycle the copy now. You know, you have one, you just dust it off again and <laughs> publish it. And it's even some of the same names: Brady Gronkowski, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, on the Jets side, I don't even know who's going to start a quarterback. I don't know who matters. Maybe Elijah McGuire is interesting as he's coming on with those fresh legs and as a dual threat in this offense. And maybe this team is in evaluation mode. They're in evaluation of their coach and GM. They should be, if you ask me. I don't think Robbie Anderson is going to play. Not that it matters. Chris Herndon, maybe an interesting tight end. The rookie has been pretty productive. On the New England side, uh, we're Sony Michelle, James White, both getting your lineup, lowering expectations for White a little bit. But because we would expect New England to control this game, then it should be a game where White gets scoring opportunities and Michelle gets 15-plus carries. Rob Gronkowski, chances are you don't have a better tight end option. It looks like he's going to play. Hopefully the three weeks off gets him back to some semblance of his old self. Julian Edmond looks fine with the ankle injury before the bye. He's practicing in full, so you can trust him. Of course, you can trust Josh Gordon. Hopefully the week off there helped him get some of his top end speed back. It seems like he never really got over the hamstring injury he had at the beginning of the year. And all of these things converge at Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, after letting us down for a few weeks, one of them at least was because most of the touchdowns came on the ground, should get right for our fantasy lineups in this one. All right, Timmy, this next one, uh, uh, two weeks ago even, uh, would have said, no-brainer, I know what's happening in this one. Now I have no ideas. The Giants have played much better over the last two weeks than the Eagles, obviously. We all know what happened last week, Sigmund. What do you think about this game? Is the Giants' offensive outburst of the last couple weeks for real, and is the Eagles' offensive turtling of the last few weeks for real as well? It's a good question. I mean, the, the how this team will respond, this Eagles team will respond, is going to be interesting because nobody, I think, would have put them there in week 12 where people are questioning Doug Peterson. and Nobody. 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 So you know, Carson Wentz is still a good play. The Giants defense isn't going to scare anybody. Alshon Jeffries had three tough cornerback matchups in a row. Now he gets to face a Giants team. I believe he scored two touchdowns against the first time they faced. Correct. Uh, Zach Ertz never really has huge games against the Giants, but he should bounce back from his weak game. And then, of course, there's Josh Adams. I believe that a, a, against the Giants, a running back has scored every single week. So that's Josh Adams this week, and he's, <laughs> he's running well. And you know what you want is some of that Philly home mystique back on defense because you got Barkley and Beckham. And, man, I mean, that might be all you need. Uh, Beckham's going to run through the secondary. I'm not really sure what Jim Schwartz is going to have up his sleeve to slow down Beckham. And whatever he does to slow down Beckham is going to help Barkley, help Ingram, uh, and even Sterling Shepard because this is a matchup that Traquan Smith just took to town last week. Smith might not be healthy for that uh, Thanksgiving game, by the way, if I didn't mention that. But you Sterling, did. Yeah, you mentioned it. Sterling Shepard is a very interesting play because of that matchup. And uh, just in Eli Manning's – here's, here's your silver lining, okay? If Eli Manning goes out – and he, even though he the Eagles absolutely house the Giants in the first matchup this year, Eli played really well against them the last two, year, last two, two games last year. Here's your silver lining, okay? If the Giants make this a close game and Eli plays well, or even if they win this game and this talk of them running the table, and look at their schedule, like eh, they could run the table. The Eagles could run the table, for that matter. If Eli starts to play well and the Giants play well in the second half of the year, you know what that means, James. He's going to start for them again next year. <laughs> I know. It's the same thing with the Dallas thing, too, where it's like, all right, silver lining, bring back Garrett. 
Sign Dak to an extension. No, I'm with you. I uh, I get all of it. Um, yeah, for for what it's worth, I agree with you. Start all your uh, your Giants in the receiving game, and obviously that includes Saquon, as we kind of alluded to last week, and and I've talked about ad nauseum. I mean, there are guys playing in the Eagles secondary right now who I've never heard of Sigmund, like prior to this past week. I mean, Chandon Sullivan. I I didn't even know that. that up. That's not. A I didn't point. know who he was, Sigmund. I didn't know who he was. I mean, not even kidding. And I fought. I, Talk about the team every day for my job. I had no idea who Shannon Solomon was before a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. This one uh, could get ugly both ways. It's really, I really don't know what to expect. Uh, all right, Sigmund, another one that, that I think we could just say is ugly. Um, the great Nick Mullins takes his team into Tampa Bay to face uh, James Winston this week, or will it be Ryan Fitzpatrick after wins and struggles, or will it be Winston again, or will it be Fitzpatrick? Right, right. It's Winston this week, but who the hell knows, Sigmund? What do you think of this one? Well, I think that they'll at least give Winston a whole game before they bench him, so he could struggle. But I would trust him if you if for your buy coverage. Uh, if you don't have someone, obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins, you might be questioning right now, or otherwise, you don't like your other option at quarterback. I, I'd go with him. San Francisco is not a scary matchup without OJ Howard out there. Cameron Braid becomes tight end option. It also makes it a little easier to plug. Adam Humphreys or Chris Godwin in as your wide receiver three who uh, they riff better with Jameis Winston than Deshaun Jackson who might be on the outside looking in Mike Evans big plays every time they make a quarterback change he makes a big play he's going to face Richard Sherman at least some of the time this week I'm interested to see that Peyton Barber's been running better but on the San Francisco side you've got Nick Mullins and what you see with Nick Mullins is like I've been talking about Colt McCoy and Chase Daniel and sort of a black backhanded compliment well he's going to execute the system but that's what Nick Mullins has been doing and you can see that this is a team, you know, James, we get to this point in the season, like Giants fans say, is it good that they're winning? Uh, Kyle Shanahan already figured out that you're always playing to win. And I think it helped this team last year. And I think they're still playing to win now. And that makes Nick Mullins someone you might plug in as your bye week quarterback because it's Tampa Bay. If you just run the play correctly, execute, it's going to work against that defense. <laughs> so you love Matt Breida. Matt Breida against the Tampa Bay defense, I think that's without their two best linebackers. You like Marquise Goodwin. All he has to do is get behind this defense once. You love George Kittle. Oh, my. George Kittle could have the game of his career against this Tampa Bay defense. So this is your sleeper shootout game of that Week 12 slate. Ooh, I love it. I love sleeper shootouts. And I could absolutely see that happening, Sigmund. I don't think either of these teams can play any defense at all. All right, Sigmund, you would this is normally a game where you're like, oh, it's a nice game. Not a not a great one, not a bad one, but a nice game. It's the game of the one o'clock week somehow, Sigmund, this week with how bad this late is. But uh, a plucky Seattle Seahawks team heading in to take on a, a Panthers team that stumbled the last couple yeah. of weeks. What do you think about this one? You, you get framed it perfectly because these two teams are going in different directions coming in and a playoff spot uh, or positioning for a playoff spot on the line. Now, Seattle's got that running game going. Chris Carson's healthy. Uh, so you like him. Rashad Penny, if you really have to dig deep. Russell Wilson, so efficient. And Doug Baldwin looking like Doug Baldwin of old. Tyler Lockett against some young, undisciplined corners. I like Lockett to score, or at least draw another long inter- pass interference penalty. You like Baldwin. Should have had two touchdowns in that game against the Packers. And Russell Wilson's not going to be the number one or number three fantasy quarterback of the week, but he's not probably going to be below number 12 either um, and you have now who could be number one this week but could be cam newton and uh, he hasn't been running as much he's got a little banged up in that loss to detroit but you know with dj moore and curtis samuel on the other end of those passes that any one of those touches can become a touchdown maybe it's devin funches taking a step back in this receiving core you still have greg olson a safe play 
Christian McCaffrey in your PPR leagues, 15, 18 points is a floor game for him right now. So we'll see how this Carolina team responds because we've seen them really barely show up for the Steelers game. And then last week, missed the two plus quarters. The offense just went cold against a Detroit defense that they should have been able to have a lot of success against. Uh, So this one's going to be fascinating because I think Seattle's feeling it right now. You can tell when a team has bought in. And Seattle has bought in to what Pete Carroll is preaching there. And a lot of it, James, I think is good old-fashioned. We're going to go out there and kick your ass. And that's what they've been doing. I think you nailed that. And that's the exact phrase I would use for this Seattle team. And you've seen it over the course of the season. You certainly saw it on Thursday night. They're buying in. Um, And, you know, they're not necessarily as talented as those old Seahawks teams. But they're young. They're buying in. and, And you're seeing it. Play out on the field. I think it's a great point. All right, one more game on the 1 o'clock slate segment, the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, Flacco might be back. We're not sure. Could be Lamar Jackson running around again. Either way, they are facing a team coming in off a win, segment. The Oakland Raiders won a game. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a good win. This is one that may cost them the number one pick. They're not good, probably win this one. Uh, nothing on the Oakland side. Um, Jalen Richard, I guess, as a, as a flex player, an emergency running back to watch Marcel Aitman, the undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma State, uh, big pass catcher, the latest number one receiver for the Raiders. So you might play Jared Cook. I mean, you could do worse at tight end. Uh, but it's all about Lamar Jackson. And know that he got us 16, 17, 18 points in fantasy leagues last week without having a hand in a touchdown. Uh, so that is a great place to start for this week. I would expect him to start, and I would say he's the leader of the the class of quarterbacks that you know. There are quarterbacks that we're obviously going to start every week. He's the best waiver wire fill-in you could get for Goff or Mahomes, and better than you know the Eli Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott types. I would take Lamar Jackson over all of them, but. Uh, only Gus Edwards I would play. I would assume that after Gus Edwards rumbled through the Bengals defense, he'll rumble through the Oakland defense. Alex Collins taking a step back, and Lamar Jackson's not going to throw that much. I'd like to see them at least maybe try some downfield passing to John Brown. I'm holding him on my bench, but I'm not playing him until we see that. Lamar Jackson is a very good passer, uh, but you may see them throw in a little more balance in this one. All right, let's move on to the four o'clock games. What a dog shit slate of games segment. This is yeah, really, well, look, this is what it's really get. rough. The, this the week, schedule man. makers say this is what you get when we have the greatest and most anticipated regular season matchup actually live up to the billing, which seems it's a great point. We shouldn't complain. It's a great point. Just take that game and be happy with it. It's a great point. You know what you should do? Don't watch these four o'clock games and just rewatch Chiefs and Rams. Yeah. Uh, instead. Uh, all right, Sigmund, let's start with the first of the week, four o'clock slate, Arizona adding in to take on chargers coming off a loss. That was unexpected. What do you think about this game? Yeah, the chargers need to write the ship here because they look like they were cruising to a playoff spot under the radar, just the way they like, they'd only lost the chiefs and the Rams this year. Uh, and then they, they lose to a Broncos team. That's not giving up on their coach, but surprisingly yeah by the way well and that's something that my my co-host of my show Cecil Lammy covers the Broncos and and I asked him that point blank going into that game last week and he said absolutely they still believe in their coach and will play for their coach and they did we'll save that for a take on one of the other four o'clock games uh but you you know Philip Rivers against Arizona you know that he's going to have that high floor 200 yards and two touchdowns probably one of them to Keenan Allen um the other one could be the Antonio Gates you need to pick up a waiver wire tight end this week to cover Travis Kelsey. 
hey, you look like a young man last week. And if this is going to be a big Melvin Gordon game, Arizona can't stop the run. And maybe even an Austin Eckler game if you have to dig deep because Arizona can't stop the run. Uh, on the Arizona side, David Johnson, better play calling from Byron Leftwich. Maybe some Larry Fitzgerald. He's been relevant the last four or five weeks uh, now that he's healthy. But Josh Rosen, you're going to see him look like a rookie. I know that if you picked up the Chargers defense last week, you were very disappointed. But if you stick with them this week, they should come through for you with Joey Bosa back. So yeah, I, I think that's that that's the cheer up Chargers moment there. Yeah, getting Bosa's back is huge. I don't think uh, people have not talked about them missing Bosa enough this year. He is one of, if not maybe the best defensive lineman in football. Like he's on that level. His he's right brother's there. better, probably. His brother could be. Nick's a great player, and shout out to that guy for saying screw college football. I'm just going to go play in the. I was so I respected that so much, and I think that's what I, I think you're crazy not to do that type of stuff. Yeah, um, no, and college football's a sham anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've de- the whole Maryland thing, Urban Meyer, all of it. I'm just, I'm so out on college football. All right, Sigmund, um, your squad. Yeah. And potentially the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would say the most untalked about good team in football sure. right now is they just, I mean, granted, a tough one last week, but they just seem to get it done every week. Heading in to take on the aforementioned not quit on their coach yet, Denver Broncos. What do you think about this matchup? So the Steelers, you know, they, the nightmare game turned into a dream for them where they were reliving the nightmare <laughs> from Jacksonville last year during the regular season. And Roethlisberger turned it around. And because of that, you're not – Road Ben has been a scary proposition in fantasy football, but maybe you're not as scared to play him this week. But I'd say play Lamar Jackson over him or someone like that just it, it, because it is a road matchup in a defense that's – feeling themselves right now. But Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald, who's making now some subtle plays in addition to running guys over. And, uh, of course, James Conner should have a bounce-back game against Denver. On the Denver side, it's a little tougher. Philip Lindsay, of course, he's getting more involved in the passing game, more involved in the red zone. But you're seeing now Case Keenum. Well, he's not throwing interceptions, but that means he's being really safe with the ball. He's not taking sacks either. Uh, That's lowering the ceiling of Emmanuel Sanders, of Cortland Sutton, and, and maybe getting Jeff Hireman into streamer uh, bye week tight end consideration. But the, the Denver's going to want to turn this one into a low-scoring defensive game. We'll see if the Steelers can uh, oblige them on the road. Uh, so this, I, this is going to be a game that the Steelers normally, again, last week you thought letdown game, and it was until the fourth quarter. And I think that should give them a lot of confidence going into this one. Uh, and then this, Denver has been a much better team at home. This is actually be a good football game. Yeah, I think it will be, too. Vance McDonald, I'm happy you brought him up, too. It does seem like Ben looks for him in the red zone. He seems like, you know, outside of the top tight ends, you're you're kind of just getting into a lot of dart throws or that type of stuff. He seems as likely to score a touchdown on a week-to-week basis of any of those type of guys. Um, all right, Sigmund, final game of the 425 slate. You were mentioning coaches before potentially on one side of this. Are they, are they playing for their guy? The other side, Frank Reich has got his guys mm. in line. As we discussed last week, God, I miss you, Frank Wright. Come home. Uh, Miami Dolphins heading in to take on the Colts. Adam Gase against Frank Reich. What do you think about this one? Zig? No ball Dolphins. Don't You're not playing any Dolphins. None. No one. Even Danny Amendola takes a step back with Ryan Tannehill there. It was Brock Osweiler leaning on him. And because of that, you may like the Colts' defense. If you need to pick up a defense to cover the Chiefs or the Rams or otherwise to find a defense to play this week. And everything is clicking for the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck's a top-five quarterback play this week. Marlon Mack is a top-15 running back play this week. And T.Y. Hill in the top-five, top-six. He looked like the best wide receiver in football last week. 
he's back. His hamstring's not an issue. Eric Ebron, you know, you might get a zero. You might get uh, three touchdowns. Just don't let him throw any more passes in the red zone. Uh, uh, Jack Doyle looked is going to be steady, at least going to get you three or four catches, and maybe one or two of those targets are going to be in the red zone. Maybe Dontrell Inman, uh, you know, they know him really well from the Chargers days. So he's been integrated in as the wide receiver too. This Miami defense is horrible. And I would expect Indy to find a lot of things to exploit. And this, much like the game last week against Tennessee, could be over sometime in the third quarter. All right, Sigmund, with the uh, the dog shittiness yeah. of the slate that we discussed, the Sunday Nighter actually looks like a pretty solid game. You know, other weeks might be the fourth or fifth bath game of the week. This week, right there at the top, the Green Bay Packers potentially sees it on the line, you could say, heading in to take on the Minnesota Vikings, also coming off a tough loss in prime time segment. These are two weird teams. What do you think about this one? Yeah, we thought after Green Bay's loss, like that's going to really we talk about who could Mike McCarthy get fired and they're out of the playoff picture. Well, not really. Not really. And then, and then they, every, all's forgiven if they can win this one on the road. This one was an epic tie game the first time these two teams played Rodgers wasn't totally healthy uh he's healthy now and you don't overthink this one I think Rodgers is going to put the offense on his back along with Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones has to be in your lineup and God I love you Aaron Jones just ah, need to know how much I love you buddy finally <laughs> well because you could see it they just needed it to vote we, we talked about it for weeks it was yeah. you and I going back and forth saying well when are they going to play Aaron Jones uh, yeah. he's clearly better yeah and finally Aaron Rodgers said something about it so uh, and, that, and finally something happened. What a and, shot. And you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to force the ball to Devontae Adams. But maybe Marcus Valdez-Cantling bounces back against one of the lesser Minnesota corners. Um, Jimmy Graham, why would you try to play him with a broken thumb? So I'm not sure what we're going to see there. I, I don't know if we're going to see Randall Cobb. It's really the Adams, Jones, and Rodgers show here. On the Minnesota side, Kirk Cousins, some cracks in the facade. People are wondering about him. But you know that you know, Thielen's going to get his. Diggs is going to get his. Will Dalvin Cook get his? I still err on the side of playing him. John Filippo. so all the lavish praise for Frank Reich, doesn't feel like John Filippo is doing a lot to help this offense. And some of what I'm not seeing is Dalvin Cook and one-on-one matchups in space. It should be pretty easy to use him in the passing game, and I didn't see that on Sunday night. So I'll be watching for that in this one. Uh, this is an important game, uh, you know, both of these teams are coming in smarting from that the week 11 losses and it's the NFL you can't think about it for too long you got to turn around and it, you're right that after maybe some mediocre games we're going to watch all day this one should be pretty intense yeah it should and uh, another one on Monday night that uh, I don't know if you could call it great or or like you said fun or intense but this is a game that does matter at least for the division as the Tennessee Titans head in to take on the division, leading somehow seven and three, one of the worst seven and three teams I ever remember. But the Houston Texans are seven and three. Sigmund, there are a lot of, or at least some fantasy relevant players in this one. What do you think about this one? I'm lo- really looking forward to seeing Deshaun Jackson in this. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson in this one. Uh, Kiki Cutie is back and looking healthy, and he's going to get a lot of volume. You can trust him as a wide receiver, three flex. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller in this running game and this balanced Texans offense. Miller looks like he should be a solid running back too this week. Demarius Thomas is the one guy we're a little worried about, although we saw Watson have a highly efficient game the last time he played in prime time against Miami. So I'm not saying I'd play Demarius Thomas, but it could give you some hope. Houston still has Philly left on the schedule and Indianapolis. Those could be some high-scoring games. So you might want to keep Demarius Thomas and see how he looks in this one. And on the Tennessee side, I don't know if we're going to see 
Marcus Mariota. I think if we do see him, we'll see that compromised version of him we saw earlier this year. So Dion Lewis, Corey Davis, maybe Johnny Smith because the bar is so low for tight ends. But we're lowering expectations. Houston defense. You want to have J.J. Watt in your lineup. You want to have Jadavian Clowney, Justin Reed, the Honey Badger in your lineup. Is For all the talk, this is what's great about this time of year, James, because we've talked about this a little bit every week. And every week we talk about a little bit more that you can start to look at that AFC playoff bracket. And of course, there's the Patriots and the Chiefs and the Steelers. But you have these teams in the AFC South now. Last year it was Jacksonville. This year you have this could be the first team, by the way, if the Texans win to go from 0 and 3 to 8 and 3. And and looking at their schedule, they may go 13 and 3. And then you have Indianapolis. And I'll tell you, nobody will want to see Andrew Luck and this Indianapolis team, the little defense that could, the great offensive line. They can put Frank Wright wet dream like three tight ends set us out there <laughs> so this is fun this is lining up to be a lot of fun and then nfc is lining up to be fun look at the number six seed is a team led by russell wilson or cam newton or aaron Rodgers. we get to watch them on the road the first week of the playoffs yeah january is going to be fantastic yeah i'm with you that Colts team is especially fun to watch right now doing a lot of creative things and as we discussed Certainly seems like Frank Reich, a bigger piece of the Eagles' success last year than Filippo was, though both mattered. But um, Reich's doing great things there, man. And, and they say don't take a guard that high. I don't ah. know. Quentin Nelson looks like he's made a pretty damn big well, difference. Well, look, if the game is becoming like the college game, if the game is becoming like the college game, on, in college football, they, the, the offensive linemen are spread out more. So the whole idea yep. of not taking a guard is, well, you've got a tackle and, and a center right next to you to always help you, and you just put failed tackles at guard. But the guard position becomes more like a tackle. You're more on an island, and if college football is going to be more the norm. So throw it all out the window. Yeah, and regardless, look, when when a guy is as good a player as Quentin Nelson, yeah. I don't care. Take that guy. I mean, yeah, that guy's exactly. awesome, and he's made Don't such miss a on the pick. Just don't miss. Exactly. All right, follow him on Twitter, at Sigmund Bloom, as mentioned before. Cecil Lammy in the Audible, eight days a week, and, of course, footballguys.com. All right, Sigmund. This is normally the time where we dive deep inside your mind, but now we're flipping the script, as we like to do from time to time. Lay him on me. We're going to go yeah. inside yeah. the mind of James Seltzer. This is a very special war pack to go inside the minds of James Ooh, Seltzer. I'm excited. And this was actually inspired by um, from I do a, a message board question thread at Football Guys every Friday, every Sunday. I answer questions until game time. And my man Starks, who has a nice John Starks avatar, usually will ask me a question that will not be fantasy football or football related at all. So yeah. that so I want to give him a shout out because the, nice. the, the, he inspired this. And for these four questions, James. We are going to enter the universe of animated characters, cartoon characters. Oh, I love it. Okay, so love so, it. so the, the, the pool is cartoon characters, okay? Love it. And the first question will be the one that Starks asked me that, that um, inspired this. Shout out to Starks. What if you could befriend and hang out with any cartoon character, who would it be? Wow. Uh, all right, that is a, a terrific question. Let me think. If I could befriend any cartoon character, who would it be? I mean, the initial thought was Bart Simpson and go have some fun and, you know, go, be a kid again. You know, mm -hmm. my thought would be to be buds with Bart Simpson if I were that age. Yeah. But I'm not that age. So I have to step back and think about any cartoon character that I would like to befriend. 
Okay. Are we talking like cartoon and like you can, uh, you can put Pixar on type stuff and all that? You can make you can you can decide the restrictions or no restrictions on what signifies what constitutes animated cartoon character. Okay, I love it. Um, all right, I am going to pick the cartoon character that I would most like to be friends with. I'm going to go with someone I think would be cool, fun. Mm-hmm. A good time. Yeah. Like I'm taking yeah. this not as like I want to be best friends right. with this guy. I'm taking this as I want to go hang out with this guy yeah. for a night. This is such a random answer. Uh, you remember the Cheetos guy who danced with Paul Abdul yeah. in that video? That guy. Chester Cheetah? Chester Cheetah. Yeah. He looks like it'd be a blast. Like what a fun new hang out with. Great day. Exactly. Go out. We'll dance. We'll drink. Oh no, he's the cool dude. And I said Bugs Bunny because <laughs> Bugs Bugs was way ahead of the curve. But you know, Bugs, Bugs was is all, classic answer. Well, because he remember he was a cross dresser and he, yes, he like he knew his way around the world. Like he always knew like where like you could just go in the rabbit hole with him and who That's knows where one. you'd pop up. He would you'd be like real. <laughs> you know? I like that. I yeah. like that aspect yeah. though. It was a classic one. Okay, so we're staying so this is the theme. If you could pick a cartoon character too, okay? Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Your friend. Okay, next one. If you could pick a cartoon character to be an accomplice with you committing a crime. Eric Cartman. Cartman. Eric Cartman. Cartman. Eric Cartman. Yeah. Eric Cartman. Yeah. Eric Cartman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day, every – I mean, the man cut up a dude's parents, yeah, yeah. grounded into chili, into chili yeah. and fed it to him. Yeah, yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The deviousness, the yeah. mind, the no I conscience. will never get. And even if we did get caught, he would find a way to spin it around and put it on yeah, somebody exactly, else exactly. or or whatever. So Eric Cartman, no doubt. Yeah, Eric Cartman is the one who can come up with the thing that nobody even would have ex- thought it was possible. Like it's, you're just stunned. You're not. Yes. You're not. There's no reproach or or punishment because you're just speechless that someone would even do that. Like like the British <laughs> yes. Empire, basically. He's the British Empire yeah, in, in human form. Okay. Third one. If you could pick a cartoon character to raise your child. Oh wow. Oh, this is a really good one. Uh, I mean, my first thought, and obviously I'm I'm betraying some of my, you know, what I grew up on and whatnot, but Marge Simpson did yeah. come to mind. Yeah. Marge is obviously great, like, uh, you know, the heart of that family. Beautiful. Yeah. Deal- and deals with Homer. I mean, is able to raise children with freaking Homer and, you know, yeah. one for three ain't bad. Maggie could end up being okay. Um, so that's my initial thought. Let me just, um, I don't want to miss anybody. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Go with this because we usually go with gut instincts on yeah. this. So, so I'll go with Marge. I think Marge is a really good answer here. I, I don't want to sit here in Hemant Hall forever. I'm sure there could be a better answer, but the gut instinct when you said it, I would I would love to have Marge Simpson raise my child. A good moral center, you know, yeah. even even keel. She and, would be uh, loving. She would clean the house. She would do all the all the things that need to be done right. while raising the child. She can handle it all by herself. Yeah, and she's she's seen everything. She's there's nothing that would throw her off at this point. So, I think that's an excellent answer. Okay, and and for the final uh, cartoon character universe question, I love these by the way. Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, it's fun staying it's fun. out in the real world. The real world. I mean, can we're be already fun. we're already in the absurdity as yeah. it is. Why not take it to the next level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last one. You. Pick any cartoon character to start a religion. 
Oh, I mean, the, I feel like I need to go back to Cartman here because it's <laughs> such an obvious answer. Like, what would this do? Car- would the Cartman okay, religion look okay, like? Okay, so I won't go Cartman, but if I were for the Cartman thing, it would be if I were starting a religion and my whole goal were to just get followers, like well, not necessarily right. starting a religion for the faith. Exactly. So if I were starting Scientology, I would get Cartman. Right. If you were starting really, a, a scheme. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which is kind of funny that that's where my mind goes with this question right i mean what does that tell you but um if really stepping back if i wanted to pick a cartoon character to actually you know in a wholesome realistic altruistic whatever type of way to start a religion you need someone with a as we discussed a good moral compass uh, a center but also someone who i would think people would be willing to follow uh, people would be willing to, you know, fight for metaphorically yeah, speaking. And have some sort of coherent life philosophy that th- could be conveyed, you know? Exactly. Like a way of life, you know? A way of life. Um, <laughs> so so <laughs> I'll go with the one that just popped into my head just because it's funny. And it would be a very strange religion. But <laughs> it, it adheres to all the other things we said. I'm part of the G.I. Joe religion. Oh, sir. wow. <laughs> Knowing half the battle. I mean, look, yeah. trying to educate kids, yeah, cared yeah. about good things, could get people to follow them, could pe- keep people in line, could, um, you know, set a set a uh, 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 philosophy that people are supposed to follow and, and, yeah. and keep people to it. G.I. Joe. And I think that when G.I. Joe would engage uh, uh, adversaries, there's, you know, they weren't, there was not like, dead or alive I and mean, there was usually some sense of the humanity of the adversary there was usually some sense of like trying to teach the lesson this is why totally. you're not going to get away with this and i want to say they were pretty hip about like being inclusive like the gi joe group had all kinds of care totally people in big it. time so a lot of it's a big umbrella so yeah i i, I dig it i can dig it definitely. i feel good about that one actually yeah, good that's good, fun good this is great i love this we need I, yeah. i'm all for it. really what it's about is is just being in the world of the cartoon characters like when you, you do when you close your eyes and fall asleep instead of the it, of, of, of you. it's awesome and so. i know i'm sure you've said this a lot to you before i know that like in three hours i'm gonna be like oh, why didn't i say this yogi bear the religion of yogi bear <laughs> life of the world's a picnic basket yeah. oh sigmund um happy thanksgiving man yeah. as uh I, we are I know I am thankful that I get to talk to you every week, and I, I know our listeners are as well. Oh, very thankful. And, uh, you know, we'll continue with the saga of the Eagles and everything else. And uh, I always look forward to turning the page with you. Same here, my friend. It is always uh, a pleasure to turn the page with you as well. Thank you, Sigmund. Of course, we'll be back next week, as will I, with a Week 13 edition. The fantasy playoffs right around the corner. We will have you covered all the way through. So uh, to everyone this week, good luck in your Week 12 matchups. And again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I hope everyone has a wonderful turkey day and turkey weekend and fantasy matchups and all the goodness and great things in the world. So uh, again, thank you for listening to this week in fantasy. And as always, go Burks.